Well, hello everybody and welcome back to UK Motor Talk. My name is Jim and we'll be having a look back at the Grand Prix that was the 2022 Dutch Grand Prix. In the run-up to the weekend we had the uh, continued rumblings and ramblings between uh, Oscar Piastri and McLaren and Danny Rick and Alpine and CRB etc. The CRB had made their ruling in this case which was that the only valid contract that Piastri had for 2023 and beyond was indeed with McLaren as we suspected. It's slightly more interesting than the uh, the actual just plain ruling itself of Piastri to McLaren was the detail and, and the timings that were revealed by their report. The contract Piastri had signed was actually signed before Danny Rick had announced his departure from McLaren. It's a tricky one this because it's uh, the, there's a, a lot of hype and mutterings and things kicking off on social media and ill feelings between teams and drivers before the guys even driven a, a competitive or even a, an official sanctioned practice session at a Grand Prix weekend. So he, uh, first off, I'd say he better be good after all of this. Uh, I think his junior career pedigree indicates that he certainly is very good and he's certainly a driver worth uh, worth fighting for. But what uh, emerged out of it, you know, to, to have signed the deal before Danny Rick had announced he was leaving was interesting. But as it turns out, the deal that he'd signed was for a drive with McLaren for 2023 and 2024. Whether that happened to be reserve and test driver in 2023 and then a promotion to race driving in 2024 was left fairly open-ended. Um, of course, if uh, if the situation of needing Oscar Piastri for a race driver in 2023 presented itself by way of Danny Rick leaving, then that would happen. But it, uh, it seemed to be a more... Uh, a more promising contract. I mean, putting aside the issue of Alpine's training and development of Oscar that they put in put in up until now, um, I think McLaren were just offering him more, and that that was it. It was um, here are duties for twenty twenty three as a minimum, and this is what you'd be doing in twenty twenty four. The only way this this contract will change from that is to get better because you'll have a race seat in twenty twenty three. The Alpine contract, and, and I put contract in inverted commas, was uh, was merely, I think, an agreement of, of terms or an, in, an agreement of intent to terms or something like that. So uh, a little bit shades of Schumacher's contract, again, contract in inverted commas, with the Jordan team all the way back in the early 90s. 91, I think, off the top of my head. He had a signed letter of intent that he would come and sign a contract, and a signed letter of intent to sign a contract is not a contract so I think it certainly points to a few errors further up the Alpine chain that if uh, if you've spent all this money and you've invested all this money in someone then let's be honest you probably want to have them buttoned up into a contract that guarantees you a return on your investment earlier that's not uncommon across many industries but I'm fairly certain if you sign up to be a pilot you end up almost borrowing the money for your training off the company that you intend to work for but I think the deal is pretty much if, uh, if you complete your training whether we offer you a job or not this is the amount of money you'll owe us so if we haven't got a job for you sorry you'll have to pay back the money and if we have got a job for you then great this is how you can pay back the money um but yeah i think uh further up the alpine chain uh 
for for a company as large as Alpine with uh, with the backing of the Renault Group behind them, they they probably want to have a better handle on uh, on these things, on protecting their investment. So it's uh, it's opened up a few other possible moves in the driver market now. So Alpine definitely have one seat free for next year. Rumours floating around it. It looks I think less likely like Danny Rick will be heading back there. I think I'd said in uh, in the previous podcast I. I almost sort of don't want him to go back there. It seems like the the easy option or the the returning to Alpine, even though he left a couple of years ago. Well, it hasn't worked out, so I'll just go back there. It's a bit like going back to an ex. You know, you split up for a reason, so never forget that reason. Looks like Alpine are after Pierre Gasly. I think Pierre Gasly would be a great fit at Alpine. He's, uh, he's certainly a very handy driver, and to fly the Red Bull Coupe, I think, would do him rather well. Bit of history between Gasly and Ocon, but that's for Ocon to get overall get on with it, I think. Ocon, very handy driver, though he is. I, I don't think he's, um, he's, he's in... The big leagues, whereas actually I think Pierre Gasly has that potential to be in those big leagues. And uh, we've seen a few drivers that have escaped the Red Bull umbrella, have gone on to flourish outside the Red Bull organisation. So it would be interesting to see if Gasly can do the same. Alpha Terry have said they'd be willing to let Gasly go if they could get some... Actually, I don't think Helmut Marco said someone. I think he said something exciting, which, which I don't know whether that's saying being non-gender specific about it or actually just he treats him his drivers not as human beings they are literally just drivers they are a thing that i can plug in and play and throw away when i'm done with playing with them um colton herter is a name that's been banded around as a possible candidate for the alpha Tauri seat were gasly to leave i think that'd be exciting if the fia can rejig their own rules on super license points as he's a little bit shy at the moment he certainly proved himself in indycar to be a very very capable driver so i think it would uh, it would be exciting and it would do the american audience and the american interest in formula one which liberty media are keen to build no harm whatsoever so my predictions taking a slight pun and this will probably all turn out to be totally wrong is uh, is gasly to alpine herter to alpha tauri and I think I'd like to see Danny Rick end up at Williams, actually, sign a long-term deal with there and, and build on it and rediscover his happiness and his joy and with uh, with the investment Doralton are making, uh, with the budget cap and the, the extra R&D and wind tunnel time that finishing lower down the grid gives you. Um, actually, it, it could be fairly well-placed for Williams to to make a return up to uh, to midfield podium contention over the next few years. So... If Danny Rick could go there, work alongside Alban and, and build Williams back up to somewhere near where they used to be, then um, that'd be good. Back at the uh, Dutch Grand Prix, the uh, the Zandvoort circuit, great circuit. Watching the onboards, though, it's insanely quick speeds that the cars are going through. Whether just the, the track being narrow makes it feel that much quicker or lots of the corners seem to be set up at nearly flat out but not quite just leading to... To more dramatic footage or you know so some of the onboards just look sped up but it's a um, a very entertaining track and, and very quick if uh, maybe if not the best for overtaking in the past but uh, we shall see how this weekend pans out with the uh, with the new 2022 cars into q1 mclaren had looked like they had a decent pace on friday bit of an issue for danny rick in fp3 so he didn't have much long running 
but they uh, they look good in the build-up, and as I say, in Friday practice looked fairly reasonable. Neither McLaren driver had a good first run, just couldn't get the tyres turned on, just it looked like they were driving around on ice. But Norris did manage to improve and get a bit more heat into his tyres on the final run, so he got through, but a, a disaster again for Danny Rick. Um, so he uh, he disappeared from Q1. Uh, along with Vettel, he was looking good to get through, but had a trip through the gravel, so threw away his fastest lap. Uh, so we lost the pair of them, and Nicholas Latifi, Kevin Magnussen, and Valtteri Bottas, becoming a bit of a, a regularity for Bottas, actually dropping out in uh, in Q1. Uh, into Q2, there was only Alex Albon circulating around, uh, and we had a, a red flag almost immediately, a, a flare being thrown onto the circuit, which is uh, is just a bit ridiculous, to be honest. To to throw a flare onto a live racetrack, you've you've got to be some sort of stupid to do that. Um, so all it all it led to was just a red flag. Albon wasting a uh, a brand new set of soft tyres. Uh, I think Albon had also been reporting pigeons. There seemed to be a lot of pigeons at the side of the track. And uh, if uh, if you have a look at our Goodwood uh, track video on uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, you'll see the uh, the problem with wild fold on the circuit. It can certainly lead to a slightly increased heart rate. Um, but of course, a, uh, a pheasant roaming around Goodwood is uh, exactly the same as pigeons for F1. But uh, yeah, they, they they seem to be enjoying the view anyway. And I must admit, if I was a pigeon, I'd probably sit at the side of a racetrack as well. You get a good view. We lost uh, Alex Elbin, Guan Yu Zhou, Fernando Alonso, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly in Q2. So the Alpines are not, uh, not showing the best this weekend. Um, it was uh, yeah, a, bit, a bit disappointed for... Alban actually, he'd had uh, he'd had flashes of very good pace up until then. There certainly was some very quick sector time, so he wasn't too happy. Alonso reporting traffic on his fastest lap didn't look too bad on the onboards from uh, from what I could see. Then into Q three, it'd been uh, very very close in Q one and Q two, um, and that that closeness continued into Q three. Verstappen's first run was quick, but Leclerc just shaded him by I think it was zero point zero five nine. So. Very, very close indeed. Uh, even closer as it happened actually in the final run by uh, Verstappen and Leclerc, but Verstappen just shading it by 0.021. So, well, whatever happens uh, or seems to happen in the races in the championship table, the uh, qualifying at least is, uh, is very, very close between Red Bull and Ferrari, Verstappen and Leclerc in particular. Perez had an off in um, well, it was quite a quite a neat spin actually. Cue the first bout of conspiracy theories from the weekend. Uh, Perez spinning in order to uh, to scupper the Mercedes drivers from taking pole. They'd had a very quick sector one and sector two times. Um, whether that uh, that advantage would carry it all the way through sector three and, and over the line, I'm not quite sure. But they'd have uh, they'd have maybe been a bit higher up, or at least in the mix or in between, and and spice things up slightly. But uh, Perez bringing out the flag, so um, no damage to the car, just a a fairly innocuous spin. But um, yeah, I think anyone who says he was doing that deliberately to scupper the Mercedes, you you just wouldn't risk trying to spin the car in that manner on that corner. With, there's just far too much of a risk of ripping a corner off. So we uh, we ended up with Verstappen on pole, Leclerc second, followed by Carlos Sainz, Hamilton, Perez, Russell, Norris, Mick Schumacher, Sonoda and Stroll rounding out the top ten. Stroll having a, a technical issue, so it was described as. Um, never found out actually what that issue was, but, uh, but he lined up tenth due to not setting a time. 
and into the race. And it was a uh, kind of a, a race of uh, of two halves, really. The uh, the initial part not uh, not desperately exciting, and I didn't really take too many notes on it, to be honest. Uh, but it was a, a good start from Verstappen, uh, fairly action packed first lap in terms of dicing and um, wheel to wheel racing, but a bit of contact between Sainz and Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton just tagging the Ferrari ever so slight. Did uh, was lucky actually not to uh, to shred a tire on uh, on Carlos Sainz's floor or indeed rip Sainz's floor to pieces. Uh, just uh, the merest of touches. So it looked dramatic, but both of them were able to carry on with uh, with no damage. And Sainz staying in front, hanging on to P three. Very spectacular trip across the uh, the gravel for Magnussen on lap two. I don't think this was one of the corners where they'd experimented with a bit of glue and resin on the uh, on the gravel. Uh, it seemed like uh, quite a good way of doing it to me. Actually, you keep the gravel and you keep the uh, the appearance of it, but you uh, you bind the gravel together with a resin, so it's slippy. So the penalty for running wide or putting a wheel onto it is a lack of grip and therefore a, a loss of lap time. So that gives the drivers enough incentive to stay off it. But if you do just run wide to it and drop a wheel onto it, it avoids bringing or dragging big piles of gravel back onto the track. So it looks good and seems to uh, to fit the brief rather well. But if uh, if that bit was resin down, it certainly uh, either didn't hold or I don't think that bit was resin down. It was a, it was a, a very spectacular off for Magnussen, full opposite lock one way, then full opposite lock the other, brushed the barrier, but just seemed to hit it at the right angle and was able to uh, to carry on with no damage. Norris had had a, uh, a good start, jumped Russell away at the beginning, but Russell soon got back past him. And then for sort of the, the first, yeah, sort of 15 laps, there wasn't too much going on. All fairly, you know, nose to tail, but no, uh, not too much action in terms of overtaking other than Alonso getting past Gasly and Sonoda. Um, within a couple of laps of each other, Vettel, Ricardo, and Gasly making fairly early stops, but it was um yeah shaping up to be not the most dramatic, and it was struggled to hold my interest to be totally honest. It was all fairly processional, but then uh, the things it sort of built to a, a nice crescendo, and and the action just seemed to pick up and pick up and pick up as the race unfolded, which was uh, which made it rather entertaining to watch. I think Sainz and Perez, the first of the front runners to stop, another disaster for. Ferrari, just another complete and utter disaster, really. There's there's no other word for it with Ferrari's strategy or pit stops or organization. Yeah, not on. It's, it's the the basic errors. Some of the some of these things really aren't rocket science. You know, the the number of tires you need for a car for a pit stop. It's fairly obvious. It's it's four. Ferrari bring out three. Um, they they just weren't ready, but you know the, there's no excuse for that. You you have your conversations in the run up to it again. I think it just it smacks of not having a proper pre meeting and deciding what we're going to do at each track. And if this happens, then we'll do this. Or you know saying to the drivers, if you're going to call in for a late pit stop, then the latest you can call it is turn whatever it is, otherwise we will not have time to get everything ready. You you should know this from your your trips there before and, and your you know pre-race meetings and things, but only three tyres ready for him, uh, so a very long stop, and then left a gun just lying out in the pit lane for Sergio Perez to run over, just not on, not acceptable. Drop Carlos Sainz back around about three places, four places in the order of things, I think. A little while after that, we had uh, we had Verstappen in on lap 19. Hamilton and Russell taking over the lead. They'd started on the medium tyres, so were able to run that bit longer. Merck running one and two and, and looking fairly 
fairly comfy and serene out the front, actually. Maybe a one-stop race, maybe use Russell to hold Verstappen up later in the race, I think was their, their vague plan. Um, Verstappen, after his stop, had closed up to the uh, to the Mercedes, but he certainly didn't streak up to them. The Mercedes race pace this weekend looked looked fairly impressive. Normally, Mercedes have been uh, slightly off in qualifying pace this year and picked it up in race pace. So the fact their qualifying pace was looking good, uh, even if ultimately... Uh, we didn't see the full potential of that because of the Perez spin. You certainly knew that the uh, the, the half-decent qualifying pace was a good omen for the race pace. So, uh, yeah, Verstappen had closed up, but not massively quickly. It took to around about lap 28 before Verstappen could get around the outside of Russell into Turn 1 uh, to get back into P2. Hamilton pitted from the lead a couple of laps later for a set of hard tyres. Russell followed in followed him in a lap or two later. So with all that done, the uh, the order at the front was Verstappen from Leclerc, Perez, Hamilton, Russell and Sainz. But uh, it looked like the uh, the Mercs were going to be one-stopping and everybody else two-stopping. But, you know, at this stage, I think Hamilton and Russell were 18 and 25 seconds behind. So looking touch and go for who would be where. Verstappen not able to, to pull a gap away from the Mercedes or uh, or those behind him. Their pace looked fairly decent on the hard tyres. Yeah, I mean, in fact, Hamilton was was catching Perez, closed in on him, round the outside into uh, into Turn 1 on lap 36. Perez locked up and then ran ran Lewis out of space on the, uh, on the exit. But a lap later, Lewis ran the outside again, got past this time, Perez kept his braking clean and tidy. So, yeah, the, uh, the Mercedes race pace, certainly compared to Perez, very good indeed. Just as this happened, uh, Vettel emerged from the pit, seemed to just sort of wander across the track, not really have a clue what was going on, held up Lewis a bit, nearly gave Perez the chance to get back pass through. But I, uh, I think the... Vettel was uh, was given a five second penalty for his part in all that, so that uh, that seemed fair enough to me. Took Hamilton a few laps to get past Perez. George Russell got past him a lot lot quicker than that. Although I suspect at this stage Perez had maybe taken a bit too much life out of his tyres, so couldn't quite fight George as hard as he could Lewis. Perez stopped for a set of hard tyres. I think just a bit of information gathering for Verstappen at this point, and he had some mega pace on those hard tyres. Uh, so Sainz came in for a pit stop. To, uh, to take on a set of hard tyres just as Perez got past Norris. But then just whilst we were sort of watching the uh, the pit lane action, um, Sonoda pulled off the road and, and cue the second conspiracy theory of the weekend. The radio call from Sonoda was uh, tyres not fitted, tyres not fitted, so he'd, he'd pulled off. Uh, I think he'd switched the engine off and started loosening his belts ready to get out. The radio call, though, was no carry on, everything's OK, all the numbers look good, so get on with it while you're stopping so he uh yeah fired the engine up again as you can these days with uh, all the electronic hybrid trickery in them got going back around so we thought okay that's that's odd just as that happened leclerc came in for his pit stop for a set of hard tires ferrari almost preempting a safety car i suppose or a virtual safety car at least um but they came in for a pit stop but they did at least have four tires ready for him and they did at least change them fairly quickly and get him out on his way but as uh, as this happened sonoda then came into the pit so they spent a while doing up his seat belts and and sorting out etc he then got going down the pit lane, but very, very slowly indeed. And I think the, the radio call, and I, I can kind of see where a, a bit of conspiracy comes into this, because I think the, the radio call was exit the pit. So Sonoda got back on the radio and said, you know, no, the car's still not right, car's not right. 
the radio calls to exit the pits very slowly and drive around and find somewhere to park. And so I'm slightly confused by that. Would you not just, you know, every track day I've been to, there's a, there's a bit of space at the end of the pit lane where you can park up if you need to. There's loads of places to park in the pit lane where you're not blocking anything. Uh, but I uh, I don't know if the rules are uh, different for F1. Areas are all reserved and cordoned off, so you can't obviously stop in anybody else's pit box or garage. Maybe you can't stop at the end because that's where all the safety and medical cars park. So it's, you know, once you're going, is that it really? So I suppose is to to drive around and do a lap better than blocking up the pit lane and potentially having to close the pit lane. Yeah, maybe it is better to just drive around and find a gap in the fence and drive through it and park up. Differential issues, I, uh, I think it was. So yeah, do, do a slow lap and come back round and, and park up again, I suppose. Yeah, very, very slowly out reporting a broken differential he came to a, a grinding halt not that much longer later, so we then had the virtual safety car. A bit of flurry of activity into the pits with Norris Alonso, Verstappen, Hamilton, Russell, Mick Schumacher, Magnussen and Danny Rick. So uh, yeah, at this stage we then had the Mercs on mediums and Verstappen out front on hards. We were then treated to uh, some good racing between Alonso and, and Norris. Very close, but very uh, very good racing. The Mercedes pace was looking very good compared to Verstappen. I think they were around about six tenths quicker at this stage. So chipping away at the lead slowly but surely. And then uh, Valtteri, it's James. And I think, again, I saw some conspiracy theorists about uh, Bottas trying to uh, deliberately grind to a halt to um, yeah screw up the Merck strategy or something. I mean, it's just reaching at this stage. Um, the, uh, it certainly sounded like some various bits of metal were grinding together in the engine and the gearbox. And so he came to a halt on the main straight and uh, we got the full safety car. But science passing Ocon under waved yellows. I mean, there were certainly waved yellows at the side of the track. It was, um, yeah, a bit uh, a bit naughty, I think. Bearing in mind, you can see a stationary car at the side of the track, whether you're just in front or just behind the yellow flags. It uh, seems a bit odd to me and a bit disrespectful of, uh, of safety to be passing at that stage but uh, but anyway he did it and uh, yeah full safety car so uh, Verstappen came in for a, a set of soft tyres Hamilton took the lead Russell P2 Verstappen P3 Leclerc had also pitted along with Perez at this stage um, but all cars were travelling through the uh, through the pit lane so we had the Mercs out front and, and I think that the plan at this stage appeared to be use Russell as your rear gunner to hold Verstappen up for a bit Lewis is on the hards he'll take a few laps to get them up to temperature maybe so but in the meantime Russell can have a dice with Verstappen hold him up to give Lewis enough of a lead and see how we get on was the vague plan but all the cars had to go through the pit lane as the uh, reason for the safety car was out on the main pit straight so as this happened Russell called the team and said I want to stop for a set of soft tyres you know the temperature's just dropping out the hards I won't be able to get them switched back on so uh, Hamilton Verstappen Russell was now the order um, and cue, uh, cue many angry radio messages from Lewis at this stage. Furious Fs and Jeffs at the team. Uh, he did apologise afterwards and say it was all in the, in the heat of the moment. So it's kind of fair enough, I think, when you when you sat there and, and you think the race has been taken away from you by your teammate strategy. But I didn't murk at this stage. I think they were kind of damned if they did, damned if they didn't, really. Verstappen would have had the pace to get the pair of them. I, I think Verstappen would have got past if they hadn't swap tyres given how long it takes to get the hard tyres turned back on again um, and I think if they did make a pit stop then you're giving up track position and so they wouldn't have got past Verstappen so yeah make a stop you've given up track position don't make a stop you'll give up track position a few laps down the line 
maybe the only way to do it was was to roll the dice, you know, or if you, I think there's a phrase about if you split your strategies, you're guaranteed to be wrong at least half the time, but having said that, if you keep them both on the same strategy and it's the wrong one, then it's, then you're wrong 100% of the time, aren't you? So, um, yeah, tricky call for Mercedes, but I think Lewis realised that after the race and, uh, and calmed down fairly quickly, but yeah, an unsafe release for Carlos Sainz from his pit stop. Actually, I don't know, it's, wasn't an unsafe release as such because the, the release itself was fine if he'd have got up to speed quick enough. But he'd uh, they, they then sort of blamed McLaren for being in the wrong bit, but they were just in their pit boxes. You would expect them to be it almost came to a halt. I think the anti stall had kicked in actually, so uh, Alonso had to slam on the brake. So yeah, a slam dunk unsafe release. He, he pulled out and caused another driver to almost have to come to a complete stop. So. That's uh, 100% an unsafe release. But I think his radio called to say, I'd, uh, I've seen the replays and that wasn't an unsafe release. It was a bit, uh, was a bit odd, <laughs> completely unsafe. Um, but uh, yeah, green flag and, uh, and Verstappen got well straight into the lead. He was into the lead before, um, before they came out of turn one. So um, yeah, it just uh, Hamilton without having that, that rear gunner. Uh, I think the idea is Russell was hoping he'd be able to, to stick with him and, and maybe pass him or use Hamilton to hold him up and, and get him that way, but never got the chance. I think Verstappen could see all that coming, so knew he had to pounce very quickly, and, and within, I think, a lap and a bit, he was two seconds up the road and uh, and gone, and that was it. Russell got past Hamilton on lap 64. Cue more, uh, more furious messages from Lewis on the radio. Um Lewis, Lewis just going backwards at this stage, really. Leclerc got past him a few laps later. A good bit of racing between uh, Perez and Sainz. Uh, a little bit, certainly firm, but I think fair racing. Sainz running Perez out a bit wide. I think Perez was not even alongside at the apex, really. It was on the way out. He, uh, he seemed to make up that bit of time. So Sainz well entitled to take his line there and uh, certainly looked dramatic anyway. Perez found a bit of gravel that wasn't glued down. So it looked good on the, uh, on the cameras, if nothing else. But out front, yeah, Verstappen, and just sort of cruised to the win really didn't look like it was going to be anything else from the minute he got past Lewis just after the safety car restart Russell followed him home in P2 and Leclerc sort of almost an anonymous third really but actually I think being anonymous for Ferrari this weekend was probably a good thing Carlos Sainz did duly get a penalty for his unsafe release so he dropped to P8 in the final standing so uh, we had Verstappen from Russell Leclerc, Hamilton, Perez Alonso, Norris, Sainz, Ocon and Lance Stroll were your top 10. And then Gasly, Albon, Mick Schumacher, Vettel, Magnussen, Guan Yu Zhou and Danny Rick in 17th. And Nicholas Latifi bringing up the rear in 18th. I mean, uh, yeah, a few words on Danny Rick started pretty much last and, and finished pretty much last. But probably one of the worst weekends I've, I think I've ever seen from him, to be honest. It's... um. It's it's horrible to see because I get you know full full disclosure full full laying it out there. I'm I'm a big Danny Rick fan. I'm uh, I'm a big McLaren fan, but a big Danny Rick fan. He's um uh, the the sort of driver that I think brings a lot to Formula One, both in terms of his personality, his speed, his racing ability, his aggressiveness, and his measured approach behind the wheel. Um, so it's 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 horrible to watch this. To be honest, there's a there's almost a, a shade of of. Damon Hill in 99 about it, just the, well, it's, I'm, I'm here, I'm getting paid for it, but, I, I, but I, I get that, you get that impression watching Danny Rick in the car, when you listen to Danny Rick outside of the car, I think he's as motivated as ever to, uh, to try and 
get a good result and and put in the effort and, and at least have something to show for this year. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly the case he's going to finish well behind Norris in the points tables and Norris is going to certainly win the inter-team qualifying battle without a doubt. Um, but just to get something out of the year so it doesn't it doesn't feel like an abject failure, I think, is is, is where his head's still at. You know, I think he's still pushing. And uh, his, uh, his message on the radio on the cool-down lap was telling it was just Monza. And that's it. So just if I don't know if if he can recapture any of the magic, any of the old Danny Rick that came out to Monza last year, then um, then that'd be very good to see. But hopefully he uh, he sees out the season, but can still still keep plugging away and and get something out of the car and get a good result before uh, before the end of the year. Just having a quick rundown of the Drivers' Championship. Max Verstappen out front on 284 points, 191 points in second is Sergio Perez. Uh, Leclerc still holding on to third, 186. Sainz not far behind, 171. But George Russell up to 170 points now. Lewis on 146. So George extending the gap between Lewis. But I think, to be honest, at, at this rate, one good race for George and he'll be in front of both the Ferraris. So... It'll uh, it'll be odd to see George in best of the rest, but I think fairly certain that'll happen before the end of the year. And uh, and constructors championships again, pretty much all wrapped up by the shouting. Red Bull out front on five hundred and eleven, Ferrari on three hundred and seventy six. Uh, Mercedes only thirty points behind on three hundred and forty six. So again, a, a good race or two for Mercedes and Ferrari doing Ferrari things. Then um, who knows? I think from from the start of the season we had with. Ferrari and Leclerc's performances, if you said the end of the season was looking like Mercedes second in the championship and George best of the rest in the drivers' championship, that would um not not too many people would have believed you, I don't think. We shall see when Max wraps the championship up and uh, and who finishes in second. So that's about it from me. Do drop us a line on any of our socials. We are at UK Motor Talk pretty much everywhere. If you've got any feedback on uh, on the comments and the race reviews so far, let us know your thoughts on the season, how you think it's shaping up. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do leave us a review. All, uh, all words are welcome, but a five-star review is always nice if you've enjoyed it. If you haven't, then yeah, drop us a line and let us know what uh, what you'd like to hear on these things. We are, we are here for you. But you'd be pleased to know it's race week again already. We're off to Monza next. No sprint race this time round, just back to the, the normal practices, qualifying in a race session. So we shall see. There'll be a lot of pressure on Ferrari, uh, naturally being Italy, but Leclerc's always gone well there in the past, and, uh, and Danny Rick's gone well there in the past. But out of all the previous surprise winners in a season, shall we say, Monza's thrown up its fair share of them, with Gasly taking his maiden win there, and Danny Rick pulling off that, that great win for McLaren, sort of against a run of form, really. So if um, yeah, if, uh, if any race has uh, proven itself to throw up odd results, Monza's certainly one of them. So a George Russell win, maybe. That'd be exciting, wouldn't it? But we shall, uh, we shall see how it turns out. So in the meantime, I'll say thank you very much for listening. Take care, and I'll see you soon. Bye for now. UK Motor Talk, a first take media production.